what is up how we doing tonight welcome to soul citizens hey what's up kenny how are you buddy griff what's going on a k a g square rpg how Look, you doing man you, you've been looking forward to tonight <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Good. Yeah. Well, I think we'll uh we'll have a good time tonight. We got a lot of ground to cover. Pardon the expression. Uh, welcome everybody to uh, Soul Citizens. Uh, I'm uh, Griffin Gaming with my buddy Kimmy sixty five, and um, today uh, Kimmy's going to be kind of taking the tour guide. He's going to be leading us around the Star Citizen universe and. Uh, we're going to put ourselves in his capable hands. So uh, if you don't have anything to drink, to sit back and relax. And uh, Kimmy, it's all in your hands, man. Where are, we, where are you going to take us today? Give us some background. Well, yeah, man. I'm uh, I'm sitting up in my hab, and uh, Chris promised me that uh, I'm, I was going to get a hanger. Uh, so as you see, you see what he delivered <laughs> on, right? <laughs> yeah, so that's the I'm first like, room. That's one room of many. Dude, I wanted that penthouse. I wanted that scenic view. I wanted windows. And Chris was like, yeah, we got you covered. <laughs> Look what I got, man. Well, when you move to New Babbage, they, they got windows in New Babbage. So when you get there, we can get you out of that uh, four walls and get you at least one window. Oh one God. window. <laughs> Come on, Chris. I know it's tech debt, man. I know you're trying to save on, on the tech and everything. But come on, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I want a landing pad in this bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how that all turns out in the end. Everybody's got their own ideas yeah. of what hangar life is going to be like. But uh, I mean, the big thing for oh, me yeah. is as long as it gets to where you can, where your friends can come visit you. That's like a big thing for me. Exactly what we're doing here, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly what we're doing here. And tonight, what we're going to do a little uh, lore and theory craft. Or as I like to say, gameplay theory. Gameplay theory, cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Oh man, so let, let's get into this, man. Um, so basically, we're gonna start where it will eventually end, and that's the eventual end of the first iteration of our first system. That is what Stanton, everybody. Stanton, first system. Um, of course, you know we're waiting for Orson to drop what before the end of this year correct and so that should complete it or that should totally give us all the systems or all the planets and moons for the stanton system our very first uh uh solar system in star citizen and with that as we are in stanton uh let's let's go over the four planets um hurston and we're looking at the lore um if you want to pull up the uh, star map, Ryan Shonen, 07 for the follow. Appreciate you. How you doing tonight? We're gonna, I'm going to talk about uh, our very first Stanton, uh, our very first system, which is Stanton, and go over it. Because, I mean, I mean a lot of us know, but then there's a lot of uh, potential backers who are looking at the game and saying, hey, what is this all about? So... I, I I assume that most of us kind of know what Stanton is all about, but I want to just reiterate or pick on some points about it. And just, you know, as we go forward, let's just remember it briefly and then look for that next system. But I want to just go over it. Uh, Griff, you want to pull up the uh, the arc, arc map? It's up. Mm. 
<laughs> in case you don't see it, it's up. I think I the rest of us it. see it. <laughs> okay. All right. I see it now. Nice. Okay, I see it now. Good. Just got a little delay, but we're good. Nice. Look at that. This was another thing. Sig uh, mentioned that all the elements in Stanton, uh, they pretty much can take all that tech, take those features, and pretty much uh, do the entire verse with those uh, variations that we have in Stanton. They said Stanton was one of the most difficult because of those variations, whether it was desert, uh, weather variations. Uh, as, you, as you all know, we recently got uh, cold weather effects and snow or ice, rain, sleet. And um, so, yeah, they were saying, you know, Flora was out there. They had to, you know, get that into the system. So they pretty much feel confident going forward with the next systems because they have the, they have the underlying tech and foundational tech to go forward to push out these systems. So let's get into uh, Stanton. So let's, uh, so there's four systems, uh, four planets. I keep saying systems, but four planets in Hurston. Uh, Hurston owned by Hurston Dynamics. It's a family-owned corporation. Uh, they made their fortune by selling ships and personal weapons. The ecosystem, uh, they tore it to hell, man. I mean, let me tell you, they had no kind of respect for anything green in regards to Hurston. It was just uh, a test bed for all their weapons, whether they're ship weapons, personal weapons. Uh, and, and in addition to that, they were strip mining and using heavy industrial uh, machinery to, to push out uh, whatever materials they needed. And as a result, you see all that pollution and everything. Everybody's walking around with a, uh, a freezer bag on their heads, trying to get <laughs> trying to breathe air it, because the air quality is that bad. There's toxic waste there. And it's just basically uh, that that planet was handed over to them by the UE. Um, it was a way for the UEE to really uh, make a make a uh, uh, a lit, well a profit basically. So it was a way that they gave it to the corporation, make a profit, and, and get a return on that. And so basically, as long as Hurston wasn't really breaking any laws, major laws, they had the free will to do whatever they basically wanted on that planet. And as a result, as you all have seen, who's been in the game, that's the result. Uh, but here, politically, it's basically the tale of two cities. As I said, the workers are in deplorable conditions, but the executives have the best of everything. And if you get on that train system, you'll see where the workers have, this, they're in these shabby apartments, worse than this. <laughs> this is luxury. <laughs> what you see behind me is luxury compared to what they have. And but if you go to the uh, executive district, in which Sig or CR mentioned that they're going to really build that out a little further, and you're going to go to the executive uh, areas, it's going to be plushed out. If you know what that means, the best of everything—materials, clothing, uh, all the accoutrements of what leisure is all about. So yeah, it's basically the, that tale of two cities. Where the one percent live. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything to say about that? No, no, no. I mean, that's it. If you go there, it's gorgeous. Marble, black marble, onyx, gold. I mean, it's it's laid out, like you said. Yeah. 
See, someone knows, right? Yep. <laughs> someone knows. <laughs> Conspiracy theory. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's a it's beautiful in its own way, in the way that Sig has really fleshed it out and uh, set it up, and like that main that main structure. They mentioned that they're going to build that out too, where we'll be able to walk and explore in that as well. But yeah, it's 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 very dynamic. So let's go on to that next system, the second of four. Uh, let's hit Crusader, which is uh, coming before the, it's coming this year. Uh, Crusader is known as a low mass atmosphere gas giant owned by Crusader Industries. This planet has no mass, but it has cities that float above Crusader. They build ships from small commuters chips to high capacity starliners. That's where they made their living. Um, the city is a hub for travel to many systems as well as a tourist destination because of the vistas that exist in Crusader, which is Orison. Um, but then recently, come recently, there's a known pirate. I think some of you have encountered him, uh, Nine Tails. He's been making this, this place less of a fa family friendly location. And so if you can see him, out there just shoot them down but uh outside of that uh definitely orson the crusader gas giant is a place you want to come visit um also uh, there's three moons that we see uh that's a part of crusader selen damar and yella the three moons are actually named after a 24th century uh, story called a gift for baba if you if anyone who is a subscriber go to the jump point you can look that up there's a story behind that, but it's but those three moons are named after that story, a 24th century story. But yeah, Crusader, I mean, they are really doing it big. I mean, with the uh, traveling ships, the commuter ships, they really made a lot of money. The Starliner, the um, the Hercules, they are really doing it as far as these ships do the heavy lifting and can move a lot of mass with those ships. But uh, they, I hear that it's one of the most beautiful places that you can uh, visit. And also, this what's unique about this gas giant is that it has atmosphere. That's going to be cool. I got a question for you. Wasn't also, um, I think one of the transitions here is, I mean, we know Port Olisar orbits this, but uh, when Orison comes in, it, there's stories that maybe Port Olisar may be removed. Is that, do you, what do you what are your words about that or do you think it will or they'll keep it or what yeah that's a that's a that's a good question and that's been a rumor that's been one of the rumors since the introduction of 3.8 there was this rumor that there's this cryptic message that was going through the uh, intercoms of po i call it po but uh and some backers were thinking that hey they're going to destroy port alisar but it never really happened as of yet but uh in my opinion, I would I would love for them to keep the nostalgia of it mm -hmm. and just retrofit it and build uh, parts or habs over it or attach it uh, attached to it and expand it for a functional purpose, main, mainly for probably uh, cargo. Since we're getting cargo in the game system, uh, that would be a great hub for cargo. Okay. Recycle that tech <laughs> because it was our first, it was our first place basically, our first base to start with. So, like you said, if they did some updating to it, 
and kind of treat it like the orbital station, like all the other moons have. They have their own orbital mm -hmm. station, something like that. Okay, that'd be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. Um, so, so two knocked down out of that four. So, Griff, let's take a look. Let's search. Let's go on over to our court. Man, I was a remember uh citizen the last Citizen Con or it was a Citizen Con, wasn't it? It wasn't GamesCon. It was a Citizen Con that they did the demo of our court. Mm -hmm. And this was one of the uh landing zones that was a uh a placeholder for a long time when we had the option to be in the hab or we can go into uh our corp and then do the <laughs> do the uh golf cart buggy uh demolition stuff. <laughs> that craziness. And that was uh basically what we're gonna get, what we were gonna get as far as our core. It kind of kept close to the concept. Um, there were some differences though, when we're talking about looking at the planet's surface, there was a, a distinct difference. But overall, I mean, it was just still it was just it was different, but they were both beautiful to look at. Right. When they when they really got into the tech to make it work, some things uh, aesthetically changed, but it wasn't to say that it was a downgrade at all. I think for me, uh, like you said, R Corp was our first, one of the first, what what they called it, the social module back then, right? When yes. we could go there and the first time we could actually interact with other players. It wasn't a big, big space, but I think G-Lock was there. Most of the stores were still there. I think it took a little while before the clothing store opened up. But uh, Cassaba. Yeah, Cassaba yeah. opened up. At first it was closed. It was really just the gun shop. And if you remember... They also had the hospital. Remember the medical place yes, they did. that yes. was there back then? Yes. And that's weird that we yes. don't have that now, but it was yes. cool that when you died, you would wake up, you know, at the hospital, which <laughs> yeah, was kind of yeah. cool, you know? Yeah. And the uh, trading area, the trading center, remember? Yeah, uh, right, right. That's right. i tell you a secret. I'll tell you a quick one. I remember that? being able to break in to G-Lock. For those of you who did this, G-Lock had a second floor. And a lot of people never knew that, that there was an open bar deck on the top of G-Lock at the old Area 18. Oh, yes. I don't know yeah, if you remember that. Yep, at the very top. And so uh, yeah, I remember breaking in, and when I used to stream, when I first started streaming, I actually got up there and would do some of my streams from up there. And people would be like, where is that at in the game? How'd you get up there? You know, so, yeah, that was actually pretty cool. It was weird to get up there, but, yeah, you could get up to that second floor. <laughs> Some people fell. Yeah, yes, they definitely <laughs> did. But yeah, I mean, this is to me, it was it was definitely, as we all know, it's it's that love letter to Curaçao. Uh that that mega planet, that mega city that was a part of Star Wars, where everything was just retrofitted with an urban sprawl. Um but the planet essentially is a business and production park which is attractive to other companies to set up, to set up shop there. But here's the, here's the sneaky thing about our court, man. Uh, David had it called this company, the blob, because it was a, a conglomerate of several or hundreds, hundreds of different companies. And if they, if they like what you did, they would absorb you. And so for the fact that, uh, politically they're under, um, they they had there's a pretense of them saying that they like the influence of Xi'an Xi'an uh, technology and their ways and their culture, but it's just to attract other companies there, and the ones that they see that they really really like, 
they absorb them into their um, corporation. Hmm. Isn't that weird? Different, didn't know that. And here's the, here's their their bread and butter. They were they started as an exploration consortium, several business companies, and after several failed ventures, they acquired mining rights. This proved to be profit a profitable turning point, and the result was them absorbing their first company, which was a terraf terraforming company called BC BCK. Check this out, BCK, and I. I got a little conspiracy theory. You think uh, CR had something to uh, do with that that uh, that BCK um, name? CK. I, I, what I, it's not know, ringing a Britain's, bell. Britain's Commonwealth Kingdom. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I said it. I'm sticking with it. Could be. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that they do carry over from a lot of other things. So you know, could be. Yep, but uh, three three company foundations make up uh, R-Corp. One was uh, Nova Light, which they they uh, they specialized in fusion engines, mining, and terraforming. Those are those. There's the that's the three bread and butter uh, points of R-Corp, and everything else was built upon that. Okay. But yeah, be careful, R-Corp. If you have something uh, worthwhile, they're gonna snatch it <laughs> eventually. So let's go to that last. Um, that last planet before we venture out. And it's uh, where I'm sitting at right now, waiting on my freaking uh, uh, landing zone. <laughs> New Babbage. <laughs> I'm locked in here, man. I'm in quarantine as well mm -hmm. at Microtech. I don't have a landing <laughs> zone. Shoot. Yeah, this was, uh, to me, this was the love letter to Haw. Uh, Microtech. It's known for, uh, well, you know, it's, it's known for its terraforming malfunction. And that's not a good thing. This created unnaturally dense clouds that caused the planet temperatures to drop to an extreme and deadly level. Uh, so because of that, the citizens there live in dome enclosures because of that terraforming incident. Um, also, in real life, I, I consider this the, the love letter to the Silicon Valley because basically, essentially, this is the tech nirvana or mecca of uh, various uh, tech companies. And one of the most famous is Moby Glass. So if you got a Moby Glass on your wrist right now, it, you got it from Microtech, that proprietary tech, you got it from them. And they are filthy rich, old money rich. But I, I love I love the recent things with, that they did with uh, Microtech. Um, I wasn't too happy about the variations of weather. I wanted it to be a total take on Hoth. I wanted the planet to be total, totally engulfed in ice and snow and whatever. But there's variations that there's some areas that have plant life, but it's still extremely cold. And if you're caught out in that cold without a, a protective suit, you're going to die. Yep, absolutely. You're going to die. There's some real unique landscapes on this. A friend of mine um, got a group of us to go to the um, pole uh, on Microtech, and I didn't know that it was actually, um, it has geysers there with like a black obsidian, like it looks like Ooh. lava, these huge obsidian rocks. Uh, yeah. Very different. Then, like you said, you've got other areas where you've got this, 
uh, area of like beautiful colored flowers and stuff. And they're they're smaller areas for sure, because like you said, it does it is dominated by the the harsher weather, you know, the snow and ice. Uh, but it is interesting that the planet does have these di- couple different biomes on it that you have to look for because they're not easy to find. Uh, but yep. when you do find them, they're starkly different than, like you said, the the frozen regions on the planet. And they did mention uh, also, Griff, that some of the plant life uh, kind of adapted to those extreme measures of cold temperature that they were more fitted to survive. And so they they sprouted uh, mutations of, of of different types of plants that could thrive in cold weather. Mm, okay. So I thought that was very interesting about them. But yeah, I, I can't wait to see new Babbage. That's the uh, one thing we're going to get in uh, 3.9. Give it now. Give it now. It's in the hands of Eva Cotty, but uh, yeah, probably within the week, right? Babbage. Probably. Yeah, I would I, think I within the week. See... Go to concierge yeah, and week, subscribers, maybe. This... I totally agree. Uh, this is the week to them to get that sprint going and get it in. Definitely. So here we go. So that's essentially microtech and uh we're pretty much done with that system but as a summary um the stanton systems according to the lore it was one of the original systems created back in 2012 uh, that was a backer goal that was unlocked um let's see here it's it's the four manufacturers Hurston Dynamics, they're the weapons manufacturer. Crusader Industries, makers of the Starliner. R-Corp, a mega corporation known for fusion engines, mining, and terraforming. Also known to absorb companies and finally make it Microtech, the makers of the Moby Glass and the terraforming faux pas. Um, so, so just to go back and reiterate your point earlier, corporations all own these planets, basically, right? These are not civilizations. These are strictly corporations who have divided up these planets within this system. No. And you know why they they were uh, sold to the corporations by the UEE? Because they were under heavy financial burdens due to the uh, Tavern War. Uh, Also, the the imminent uh, Vandal War. So they were under heavy financial strain, uh, not just... uh, keep finances above water, but also uh, to make sure that uh, they could take the um, take the burden of having to take care of these planets under their law system as well. So basically it was a return on what they what they owned. And so the corporations were able to t- jump in and be a financial asset to the UEE. And especially with the weapons and, and, and the ships that they were creating, it helped in the war effort as well. Cool. So it was a win-win for UEE and the four corporations. Okay. Um, this system was, you know, this system was discovered by Toshi Aaron in 2903. And there's a big debate, which is a, also a gameplay feature. The debate is there, uh, is, is this. There were known settlers before, the, before Toshi came in. And because Toshi sold the jump points to the UEE, he was given the credit as the discoverer of Stanton. So people... If you discover something and you're in exploration, you either gonna get the credit for it or you're gonna hoard it, get some of the resources and somebody comes in and gives it to you and they become the discoverers <laughs> of the planet. So it's up to you, choose. 
get rich quick or get famous for or be famous forever. All right. So um, unfortunately, uh, Grip, we got a little thing with uh, the tech and as far as the Stanton system, Delamar, currently in Stanton, it will eventually be sent back to its place of origin in the Knicks system. Let's head to Knicks, man. Let's let's try to uh, get this figured out. But Delamar does not be in Stanton, but it's just a placeholder right now. Okay, there we are. Oh, Knicks, 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 Knicks. So there's basically three, three planets in Knicks. Not not a big area, but um, Knicks one. Let's go into Knicks one. And by the way, the star of Nyx is an F-type star that can emit that can emit much higher forms of UV uh, radi radiation. Uh, scientifically, they said long term, this can have a negative effect a negative effect on your DNA molecules. Um, according to the lore team, planets are not habitable. These planets are not habitable. But science, I looked up science. Jets, just. T600, thanks for the follow. Oh, seven to you. How you doing this evening? Thanks for stopping in and getting in on some of this lore. <laughs> Shiver Bathory. Bathory's here and lurking. Thank you. But this is this is crazy. Uh, science is saying that even though the lore team, I'm gonna call the lore team out. No, I love the lore team. They do a great job, but I, I'm saying this because I want this under consideration and they've changed some things before but according to science even though the lore team said that planets like uh, because of this type of radiation that this F star is emitting you can't have life uh, but science says even though it would be difficult life could still develop on the surface in uh, reality life would most likely be confined to underwater or underground regions give me this Stick, give me this. Lord, change it. <laughs> so, basically, Nix One, it's a coreless, rocky planet that was strip mined. Some minerals exist. The minerals that do exist, it's not much. But when I, I used to, well, I made a mistake on this one too. So I'm gonna call myself out. When I, I was telling people that the it was coreless and it, it was hollow, and. It was the furthest from the truth. Basically, uh, when you compare the, the inner core with uh, that and Earth, with this planet and Earth, um, our planet has a, a mantle and has layers, the inner core. But with Nix-1, there's no distinctions in this layer, basically. Uh, Sherry des described it as a layer, a cake with layers. Basically, if you cut into it, you'll see the layers. That's Earth. But if you cut into Nyx, it's just solid cake. So there's no distinct layers, no mantle, no inner core and such. So, but it's it, it's a core, but it's coreless without layers. So, clar clarification on that. And it's no minerals hardly there, so no profit. <laughs> so. Only I think the only purpose there is just to hide. <laughs> I think fast. I think fast cart will appreciate uh, the bet on that conversation. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I think you're gonna owe him a beer or something, owe him a coke or something. I don't know, but okay. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, FC, you got it, man. All right, so that's one of three, uh, Griff. Let's go to next two, man. This is gonna be interesting right here. Next two. Man, basically, man, this is a nasty, nasty planet. For one, it's un un unhabitable. Uh, it's a smog planet. The atmosphere is sulfuric acid. So can you imagine trying to land there with your ship? Mm -mm. <laughs> you just hear a hissing sound. Mm -mm. <clears throat> That's your ship being eaten up. <laughs> Won't be visiting next to. <laughs> but with with uh, more advanced tech, this planet could be terraformed. But I would imagine, gameplay-wise, I would imagine uh, CR would, would dangle some carrots there in order for you to land your ship and try to run out there and grab something real quick and get the hell out of there, but at the expense of damaging or killing yourself. It's gonna be some nuggets there. I, it was something he would he would uh, bring you in to, to see what's there, but it's, it's, it's gonna be hella dangerous just going to that planet. And then it's smog too. Imagine when, once we get a uh, fauna there, so there's no telling what type of creature is gonna live in that place. Who knows? But he's gonna dangle, trust me, he's gonna dangle a carrot to bring you there. Man. So let's, let's move to Nyx 3. So Nyx 3 is, it's way out there. And because it's so far away, it's, it's known as the Ice Giant. Future tech could possibly change this planet, but now this is truly a love letter to Hoth. Ain't nothing normal on this planet at all. <laughs> it is cold, frigid. So, hey, there may be some mineables there. I'd take a shot at it. Outside of that, I think, yeah, it would be a, a, a good place to hide as a pirate. Or if you want to... Uh, be secluded I think it would be a great place if you can survive it but it's no telling no one uh, SIG has not determined if there's gonna be uh, valuables or minerals there. I would imagine because it's it's icy and you would have to really get down into under the surface you may find something worthwhile if you don't die first <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> And it's, it's, it's some crazy out there. It's, it's some crazy backers out there that's going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's also two asteroid belts. And briefly, just giving them a name, it's going to be the Glacium Ring and the Keeger Belt. But here's the one thing about the Glacium Ring. It's a very, very dense asteroid belt. And this spot right here is great for asteroid mining. But here's the here's the caveat. It's there's some strategy elements involved with the Glacium Ring. It's very difficult to navigate large ships there. So there's some strategy elements involved in that. So if you have a large ship, forget about it. Try if you can, but uh risk. <laughs> risk reward. Yeah, I'll um, as a I was going to yeah. say, I also noticed that the Glacium Ring, when you follow it around, it links over toward 
Delamar will ultimately be. You were mentioning earlier how Delamar yes. is going to be put back here. So you have to wonder whether there's going to be... Uh, you know, right now when you go to Delamar, you do have the asteroids there around it, but I guess that kind of reflects what's going to happen when it's here. Yes. And I think there's going to be some valuables there. There's going to be a lot of people grabbing, trying to... Now, see, with that said, now think about this, uh, Griff. If you have, uh, what is it, the Reclaimer? No bueno. <laughs> In Spanish, that means no good. You need a vulture, man. <laughs> or, a good pilot, a or a good no. pilot. Or a good pilot. Well, yeah, <laughs> we'll see, right? We'll see. But yeah, the, the mole, there's going to be a question whether or not the mole is uh, small enough or too large to get through that uh, asteroid mining belt because of the, the density. But I would think that there's a good gameplay strategy going on here where you can take that uh, prospector and get that in those tight areas and grab and go. Whereas the mole, it's a, it's a much bigger ship. So it's gonna be interesting how CR decides on this one. I'm still this... taking my Orion in there, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. Man, you ain't taking no Orion in there, man. Uh, hey, listen, I got a good pilot, man. I, you might get, be able to get oh in there with it. God. I ain't scared of no rocks. That's no problem. Okay. Rocks are not scared of you. <laughs> rocks will hurt shit. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be interesting how that plays out. But let's see. What else do I have with these guys? Um, at, in the Glacium Ring... Well, actually, check this out. Because I brought up the Glacium Ring and what stands out about it, it's it's actually Delamar. Yep, it's Delamar. This used to be uh, because it was because this area was difficult to navigate large ships through it. Um, this company. This uh, company called QV Planet Services, they built a large mining platform, which was called Delamar. It was a way that they could mine and take the, the mineables to that platform, which was Delamar. And during the dictator stages of the Messer area, man, Messer was a piece of work. But he was a soldier. He was he was a truly a soldier, but. He became corrupt with power, and with that absolute power, he became a dictator, and then he was later overthrown. But he was crafty, man. Messer was crafty. But, so during the dictator stages of the Messer area, so you would imagine this kind of guy really rubbed people the wrong way. And so this where it ties in with the people of Delamar. There were a small group who was in rebellion, rebellion against Messer, and who seeked out this facility later on in order to escape him and the UEE rule. The landing zone is known as Lev Levski. Even though Levski is not considered UEE, uh, the people of Levski do not consider themselves pirate sympathizers. They just, they're independent of the UEE, but they don't, they're not pirates. And I think that's the misconception with Levski and with backers thinking that, well, it's a pirate haven and it's not. They felt that they were rubbed the wrong way by the by Messer and the UEE, and they wanted to get away from that type of dictatorship. Hmm. Yep. 
some, there's some clarity there. Cool. Also, Nyx has what? Five jump points. Tohill, Castro, Bremen, Odin, and Pyro. Those are connected. Those are the jump points that will connect to uh, the Nyx system. And it's unclaimed. It's deemed not worth it by the UEE. There's no worth to it to them. So do you see Nyx as a place for neutral people, uh, UEE people, or the, the, the more criminal type? Which one do you think is better to be there? I would say neutral because then they're not a part of the UEE. They feel as though that's a safe haven to get away from the UEE and what it stood for. Uh, I, I don't think it's it's they're not as intense uh, as far as you know Messer's not around anymore it's not as intense but they're still leery of the UEE they mm -hmm. still feel as that there's some ulterior motives and that they want to claim their independence from the UEE period and as far as pirates um, as long as they don't cause trouble okay. I think they can tolerate them but they they definitely do not see themselves or side themselves with piracy so I think if you are a pirate, you better do your dirt undercover or in the dark where you're not seen. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Yep. <laughs> so let's see. To sum it up, um, politically, the community of Levski considered themselves egalitarian. This is the belief in the principle that all people are equal and they deserve equal rights and opportunities egalitarian that's their that's their motto that's the politics with uh, the people of Levski okay. so that's that's Levski in a nutshell man all right where to next uh, your crown jewel <laughs> what's what's the, what's the area that you always brag about no, I don't you brag know? I don't brag you tell me where you want to go <laughs> you know you want to go to Terra <laughs> He can't, he can't hold that smile back. He's oh, like, Tara's okay. <laughs> He's playing it down, people. He's <laughs> playing it down. Wow. Terra system. According to Laura, this is known as the shining jewel of the UEE by Terrans themselves, of course. Terra originally called the, called the system... 3428. It was discovered in 2516 by Winging Song. He was a chief surveyor and engineer of the UEE's Eastern Expansion Program. You know what? That's a little gameplay nugget right there as far as um, being having those type of facilities or the, that type of feature on a ship, a survey ship. So... <clears throat> It says basically, this is a part of exploration. Having surveying uh, components or machinery or tech on your ship. Um, the son of, of, there it is, Terra Nova. The sun named Terra Nova is, is very much identical to Earth. It's a G-type main sequence star. Its type identifies as white, but because it has atmosphere, just like our sun, it shines yellow. It has it has a yellowish hue. That's from the atmosphere, but it's it's really white. Uh, the surface temp of this star is 5,300 to 6,000 Kelvin. And nice place to vacation. 
I know, right? <laughs> it, it, definitely. But it's misnomer is that when you when you compare this star type uh, to giant stars, it it falls into the category of yellow dwarf. Okay. So planets of Terra. Terra has four planets. Three of the four are in are in a naturally habitable zone. Terra also consists of seven jump points with the potential of more. So backers, that is that incentive for you or what? <laughs> it it comes with seven, but there's a there's a possibility to find those other jump points. And so let's go to the four planets. Let's start with Arrow. This is the first planet of the system, Arrow. And it's known as a mesoplanet. Uh, Arrow is between a dwarf and a major planet, so they call it meso. Um, check this out, everybody. This is this is what's cool about Arrow. And if you live on Terra, Game Griff, be all ears. On Arrow, mm -hmm. there is a rich deposit of minerals. Again, on Arrow. There is a rich deposit of minerals. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. But unfortunately, the heat is too intense for a man or machine currently. So what kind of nugget would you need? You need a nugget from CR or a carrot or something or some kind of something to help you. But right now, it's the heat is unbearable. So gameplay-wise, how would I see that in regards to gameplay? Uh, well, you they, would use. Go ahead. No, but I was going to say is in the description it says that it makes it too harsh of a climate to make them easily accessible. It doesn't say that they're not accessible, just that evidently you're going to have to take some precautions, and whether that means you know the the suits that we've been talking about, the heat suits yes. or whatever. But it won't be just a matter of being able to land down there and you know go exploring you're gonna have to evidently be ready for that particular you know climate or whatever on that on that planet yeah. and obviously probably some place you wouldn't want to live because i mean it's the equivalent of what would be not mercury but you know it's still the closest planet to the sun or to its star i should say so i don't know interesting to see that's good that's it'll always good be challenges like right you there. said and you always said that crystal always have these different challenges for each one of the different planets yep and i and i and, and to sum it up Definitely the tech will give you a time. It's basically the tech will give you a timer. If like say you have that heated armor suit, you're basically when you touch down there, you you and possibly your ship and that armor are on a timer. So the gameplay is you can grab grab it quick and go, but it'd be worth your while to whatever it is you grab, but you're not gonna sit there and hoard and make a killing, basically. If you try to, if you try to stay too long, it's gonna be a meltdown. Okay, that's all, that's all I'm saying. It's gonna be a meltdown. Cool. Oh, someone says, "Are we ever going to see these zones?" Are the question. We're so far out from even the first zone. Okay, I can. Okay, so basically, the fact that now when CR says something. I think there's a lot of uh, reason for him to put it out there. Usually he's he's not forthcoming to say, well, it, this is doing this, this is doing that. 
when he exclaims that that means he is totally happy with the process and um, the fact that he mentioned uh, that the planetary tech version 4 he was so proud of that achievement and that tech hurdle that they've gotten over because uh, what basically correct me if I'm wrong Griff Stanton basically it's not still it's not finished but it took over two years for them to get all that stuff together to get it formalized and, and said okay it's on the roadmap we know what to do we're going to get it to you so it was basically over two years for them to develop Stanton correct uh yes and no um I, you know what the full timeline was on relation to the systems I don't know because they're working on so many things simultaneously uh, mm -hmm. I know three years ago we were already seeing the landing zone stuff actually as far back as 2015 we were seeing the landing zones uh, so right. it's been a decent amount of time since then but they're working on multiple things now people keep forgetting that the bulk of the earlier years were working on the tech and the tools not working on landing zones per se and so right. a lot of times people when we see something in game whether it's a preview at CitizenCon or Gamescom or whatever uh, quite often I'll give you a classic example. We've seen the Idris four years ago, right? And then just yes. last week, they told us that the Idris is not complete. Um, right. You know, now that throws people off, right? People people keep thinking, oh, the Idris is done, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it is done in certain aspects of it, but in order for it to be incorporated into the multiplayer world and gameplay and to have all the dynamics there, and that, when I say dynamics, I'm talking about all the things that we know that it takes to make a ship, all the internals, the, the components, the connections, yeah. all that stuff that's has not been completed yet and so you know I, I think part of it comes from people not having a clear understanding of what game development is and I, I know we keep saying that and for some people that sounds like an excuse but the reality of it is, is that they said once the tools were in place they would be able to start churning things out and as you mentioned when version 4 came out planetary version 4 that proved it because they said what took them two years they were able to do within a few months so now we will start seeing things two months right so now we will start seeing landing zones and things being chimed out much much faster where before they were all being done by hand they were all being done in the old traditional way so i think people have to kind of understand that dynamic and no we're not going to wait another two years gladestone so stop it uh that's not going to be the reality the reality is that once the systems start coming out like pyro Pyro's not going to come in and it's going to be one, I guarantee you, it won't be just one moon or one planet. I guarantee you there will be several of them there So they, because now they can expedite how quickly they put the stuff out. So that, in right. my opinion. And, and Griff, you, you touched on something that there's different departments that will handle how all this, how each component or feature will come together. And as you mentioned, the, the landing zones. That's a that's a tech department all itself that have things going yeah. going on, but as far as the planetary tech itself, you know, as you as you mentioned, uh, Griff, they they didn't do an upgrade of Stanton. They did it from scratch. Right. They did the planetary tech. From right. Scratch. They started it all it over again. Two months. Right. Right. Two months. But if people don't know that, they don't get it, you know. And so that's it. Again, I understand people's. You know concerns about it seeming like things take so long but guys do your homework look at other triple-a games see how long it took for them to start those games from beginning to end and when we start talking anywhere from five to ten years that is standard and we aren't even there yet 
So let's call it for reality. Let's, let's speak truth if we're going to talk about it. Chris announced in 2012. Real production didn't start happening until 2013, 2014. So we're only technically six years in, guys. That's the reality of it all. So, you know, I know we like the people like to throw all this stuff out about, oh, how long it's taken. Listen, go play No Man's Sky if it's bothering you, okay? <laughs> we're we're going to be there. We're getting there. <laughs> but, but, to, but to actually, but, but Griff, but to, to, to stand in their shoes uh -huh. and, 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 and basically um, the, why that narrative is, is that way with, that, with people are saying, why is it taking so long? Mm -hmm. Here's why. And I, and I fully get it. And I understand why they're saying it. And it make, here's why it makes sense. The basic AAA development uh, department teams or gaming companies never let you see the development paths right. of what they're doing right they never they never let you see it but so when they actually announce that they're going to put you, give you a trailer they don't tell you that seven years ago we started this project right. and we had these hiccups but here's the thing as you said griff they never had they already had the tools in place with their engine right so it was handed it was all laid out for them they had the, they had the scalpel they had they had the wrench they had the the uh drill and everything right there in their hands but it still took them seven to eight years you didn't you would never hear about that right but here's the narrative with star citizen and why it's called out the way that it is is that you see the development you see you see the the scars you see the bruises you see the tech hurdles that they overcome but also you see the fidelity you see the detail but let me say this kimmy some people don't want to see the bruises that's the reality of it all now right. don't get me wrong eggheads like me and you eggheads like me and you we dig that stuff okay i mean we like learning all the tech and the behind the scenes other people just want to play the game they could care less about all of that stuff and, and that's what makes it somewhat difficult and you're absolutely right about the fact that most times they already had an engine they've already started on the process of doing a game i, I will say this and i know we want to move on but in relation to systems I'm still think it's ambitious when Chris talks about a hundred systems. Now, when I say ambitious, it's, it's really ambitious. That's I'm lot. saying that because with the one system we have, there's a tremendous amount of real estate with just one system. If he yes. does 20 systems, I would be completely impressed, seriously, because you're talking about yeah. systems with planets, with moons, with biomes. I mean, right now, I, very seldom do you run into someone else in one singular system. You know, it's right. not like when you're flying around Stanton, you know, you're passing other ships every two minutes. I mean, you literally can go out in one system and be isolated, or you can go down to a moon and work and be isolated. You can occasionally run into someone. I can't imagine 20, 30, 40, 50 systems. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah, let alone when he spits out a term like 100 really you know what i mean so you know that's i think we will start well i'm not even saying that i'm just saying imagine if it grows to that point and i'm saying 20 is a lot to me that satisfies me but if he gets 50 100 systems i find that completely wow. amazing and of course this yeah. is all over time it's not going to happen that's not going to happen anytime within the next few years it may take a decade before we get to a place where oh, there are 100 geez. active systems that are fully populated uh, with servers yeah. and all the technology that supports that so we're also in an evolving state when it comes to even the technology and the design yes. for the game Finally. you know yeah. So anyway, let's, I don't want to belabor that point. We can move on. We're still yeah. sitting here on Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can agree to disagree. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but yeah, 
the next the next planet we looked at uh arrow um the moons of arrow they're also known as captured asteroids petrum and petrus um so i would imagine that they may have some uh valuables as far as minerals there as well but definitely this is going to be uh, a snatch and grab for those who are in the terran system or who travel to terra to get their hands on those uh, minerals but yeah be aware it's gonna be hot so from there we're gonna move on to pike it's the second planet of this system and it too like arrow is habitable but very hot and again here we go cha-ching very rich mineral deposits that actually fund most of Terra's wealth can you imagine that but with this, they, um, they're using mining robots. Uh, the UEE, I'm sure it's the UEE pushing this, that, uh, or a corporation who works for uh, the UEE, they have mining robots. Can someone say mining tick? <laughs> <laughs> and for ships who, who venture into this area, for some reason, uh, they've been they've been complaining or talking about mentioning about electronic warfare is used against their ships uh, that emits and, and subjects the ships to a virus known as death gur. So, I, I, so is that a message to say we don't want you there? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> That's not a message. Very, very, very uh, shady. That's Pike. Yes. Okay. Pike. So here's your crown jewel. That's this is the last planet, third planet, Terra. This is known also known as a super Earth. It has low density. Uh, there's no terraforming needed for this uh, planet. Uh, here's the here's the here's the very interesting thing about Terra. There's evidence that show that Terra had a previous civilization. Hmm. Mm. Wonder who that could be. Pithrak? <laughs> you, you've, you, you've heard in the back of goals that there was this uh, alien civilization called the Pithrak. And there was no, nothing really known about them. So that opens up the door if that's a possibility right there. But explorers don't have to go too far to explore and find things out. And possibly get your name in a lore book and, and get these discoveries nailed down and sent into the UEE right there within system. So there's things right under your nose. And you, you're everyone's so fixated on getting out to the fringes, and it's right there, right under your nose. Very cool. Also, I was yeah. gonna say this thing that they mentioned here about uh, that. They believe that Terra is a bet it better represents the future of the UEE than the current capital of Earth. It's kind of interesting that they they feel that way about their political system over the way the traditional thing is with the UEE. Hey, money has a way to make you. <laughs> yeah, well, it says there's going to be some tension. It's going to be some tension between it, you know, which is kind of cool that they're setting up. So cool. Yes, yeah, it's going to be a lot of tension. Um, here's another here's another cool nugget about Terra. Its environment is well preserved. 
and its balance with the aspects of nature and technology. Sort of like Frank Lloyd Wright, think of him, where he did architecture that was uh, encapsulated within nature, it didn't disturb, and it was a part of nature. So think of that kind of style. Okay. Um, they also say that their landing zones will be very picturesque, beautiful, and the, the main city of Terra is known as Prime. And also, another interesting nugget about Terra is it's a melting pot of, of cultures, human and alien. So definitely expect to see Xion, Banu, and Tavaran. And so with that said, we can't expect to see Terra, Terra anytime soon until after Squadron 42, because that will be a reveal that CR will not have let happen. I can't see him revealing or giving away Terra, Terra and showing those uh, alien cultures, unless it would be empty, but it wouldn't be true to what terror was really about, with the melting pot of cultures and human and alien. Um, definitely expect massive trade and economy. Uh, major businesses also exist at Terra. And here's another cool nugget. In the year 2722, J. Harris Arnold created, where is it? He created Anvil Aerospace, right here. <laughs> <laughs> J. Harris Arnold created Anvil Aerospace on Terra. And in the year 2913, Ms. Jennifer Frisker moved Origin Jump Works from Earth to Terra. Now, isn't that a kick in the head or something? <laughs> I was a slap in the face to Earth, man. <laughs> Jennifer Frisker, like, <laughs> I'm better than this. I'm moving to Terra. I'm taking my, I'm taking my play ball and I'm, I'm leaving the playground. I'm going to Terra. She upgraded, man. That's okay. like. <laughs> so Terra, man, it's got, a, it's got a lot of things that's going on within the system. Uh, uh, you can explore there. It's gonna be beautiful, of course very rich planet it it basically funds the uee efforts and its strength so that i think that's where you have that push and pull between that and uh earth okay and why they're so in rivalry against each other now is there another planet here because i'm seeing one more gin yes okay again it's, it's oh, again again okay <laughs> yes again uh, fourth planet, known as a diplomatic planet. Very political here. Gen was terraformed, and it's the hub of politics. Remember I said three out of the four were uh, were habitable, mm -hmm. and they didn't need to be terraformed. This Gen needed to be terraformed. Um, but yeah, it's the hub of politics and military deployments, and also diplomatic missions for surrounding systems. Can anyone say InfoRunner? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's gameplay and intertwining these lore uh, stories and this lore history of these planets and systems. So when you're talking about that, when you're talking about uh, military deployments, uh, maybe going against pirate installations or syndicates and you need to send word out. Uh, so it could be, you know, that could be sent out to NPCs basically who are established maybe part of the UEE and they need to send word out. And so that could be a definite mission giver to, to those who have the Drake or the Mercury Star Runner to say, I need you to send this encoded intel to so-and-so. 
And so that could be, you know, they could be stopped by a pirate syndicate and find out, wait a minute, they're going to they're going to uh, launch uh, uh, an operation against this pirate uh, syndicate. They'll pay you for it because then they will be warned and you report that uh, mission. So, yeah, definitely a lot of gameplay implications involved with the, the political uh, clouds of this this planet again. Okay. Really cool. That is. You got anything on that, Chris? No, that's very cool. Um, politically, I mean, here's the politics with Terra, uh, some of their beliefs and their their uh, culture. Uh, the transitionalists uh, believe Terra should be the capital of the entire UEE. So that's the thing you were talking about, Griff. Mm -hmm. Why you're getting this push and pull between in this rivalry between. Terra and Earth, it's it's pushed. The, the narrative is backed by the transitionalists. Mm -hmm. um, also, then there's the centralists. Believe the Earth's ugly history should be maintained as a constant reminder as we progress forward towards the future. Isn't that interesting? The centralists. So they're going to tie to uh, Earth's past and its Earth's <clears throat> history. Uh, whether it was good or bad, but mainly they said the ugly history so we can keep in line and go forward and do the right things. Okay. The centralist. Wow. Also, the planet Gin is not represented by is not a is not represented by the UEE Senate. Gin is a diplomatic and military planet. And here's another uh, thing. Terra was opposed to Messer. Hmm. They did not care for him. Okay. Wow. So Terra is gonna Terra is gonna have a lot of layers involved. It's not just beautiful, but so much intrigue and uh, political uh, great areas. You know, it's not it's not gonna be black and white with uh, Terra. It's gonna be layers of gray. Okay. So uh, we're gonna move on now. Now this system, as we were, I don't know, it's a toss up between these two, which one I should go, which one I should, I got two more systems here and hmm. I'll make the decision okay. for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to soul system. Let's really? Go to soul system. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm jumping, I'm, I'm changing the narrative okay. and I'm going to the soul system. <clears throat> since these are, since terror and soul system is tied to the hip. Um, it's our Earth. It's where we are now. It's it's not where I'm at. I'm I'm in Microtech, of course, in this this crappy pad. <laughs> until Chris give me something better, CR, love you, man. Soul system, Earth, the future Earth. Wow, man. Do you know it's they uh, they kind of keep the narrative of what's happening with with our system, uh, the the political. Uh, strain on it as far as the environment uh, so going forward uh, the earth is is affected by heavy pollutants in the atmosphere so it's going to be similar to uh, what is that uh, what's what's Lorville not as bad but it's 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 close and so it's it, that's probably why it's getting uh, a lot of flack from Terra because they are they have squandered their resources basically so let me start with the well let me let's 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 backtrack uh 
uh, Griff. Well, let's go to the first, the closest uh, planet to the to the sun. We're gonna go to Mercury first, and we'll work we'll work our way back to Earth. Mercury is the small planet that experienced great temperature variations, and it's not habitable. So, what probably what kind of gameplay should we encounter with Mercury? Mercury. Uh, temperature variations. That's crazy. So, I guess to one extreme, it's going to be very hot. I'm curious as to whether they're going to have minerals there. They have not really, uh, SIG has not fleshed out or uh, mentioned what it's actually going to be like Mercury, but I would imagine uh, because it's it has temperature variations, we may find some exotic minerals there because of those variations. So that heat, cold, pressure, I would imagine uh, they would have some nice, some decent mineral deposits. But I think it still it would be dangerous to, uh, to try to live there. So there's going to be some work and some things done. And then as far as the future, what the future is going to be like with Mercury, they, it could be strip mine, but they have not mentioned exactly what's going on with uh, Mercury yet. So let's go to the next system, Venus. This planet is composed of carbon dioxide. And this is the hottest planet in Seoul. So definitely that narrative is, is pretty much the same. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough, but it's gonna, there's gonna, it makes sense to have risk reward with this, definitely. Uh, tech is gonna only go, but only gonna go what, so far to protect you. But outside of that, there, there could be riches there because of the temperature of that planet. Am I correct? Am I correct in remembering yep. the reason why Venus is hotter than Mercury? Do you remember what the reason is? No, I, I can say right now I don't. I know. thought, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I thought because I used to think Mercury would be the hottest, right? Because it's closest. But my understanding yeah. is is that Mercury is has no atmosphere. That's why, where Venus does. And so, therefore, it heats up. Mm, it heats up faster because it has atmosphere, and Mercury's it does not because it's been burnt off. So, but those of that you, makes perfect sense. yeah, if someone wants to correct me on that, I thought that was the reason. But I, right, it has atmosphere. Ryan and Ryan and got it. See, boom, he hit it. <laughs> All right, cool. Ryan is showing it. So okay. From there, we're back to where we started. Earth, humanity's homeworld and namesake of the UEE. It is the political machine and center of empire, of the empire's commerce and culture. But centuries of habitation has Earth, has, has uh, stripped Earth of her natural resources. The result is a heavy dependent of imports for the billions that still inhabit the Earth. Sounds like a reality right there, folks. <laughs> so we're dependent on imports to sustain the Earth. So, wow, it's, it's on a crutch, man. Gotcha. And yeah, so it's it's gonna be tough living in uh, Earth. But then I think as a pirate, I think you have a home. <laughs> you got a home. Yeah. And of course, Luna—that's the Earth's moon. Habitable? No. Uh, I wouldn't imagine there's any minerals or anything there. Uh, or maybe because of the future, there's something that could be used tech-wise. Not sure, but. I could see it as a place to maybe an outpost or 
maybe a plot of land to say, well, I want to get away from the earth, but I want to visit every now and then just to remember some of the areas on earth. And for example, I would love to, just briefly going back to the earth, I wonder what CR and, and Chris don't put Manchester in, in the uh, game. I can see him putting Austin, Texas in the game. <laughs> where it all, so that's where it all started with Chris, Origin. Uh, he, he started with Origin in Texas, and I would, I would not be opposed uh, if he put Austin in the game. Um, but, but definitely, as far as like major cities, uh, I would love to see definitely Egypt. That would be, a, especially with the three pyramids, what have they done now as far as that? Were they devastated? Were they kind of uh, not taken care of? Uh, I would like to see also what, uh, what, are the, what are the locations, uh, Griff, you would like to see in Earth? Hmm, some other location I would like to see. Um, I don't know, because it's New York, Moscow, and Shanghai. So you've got something in Asia, yeah, you've got China. something... Yeah. yeah, in the in north. But maybe, to be honest with you, South America would be something different. That would be kind of interesting. Yes. Um, but I don't know. You know, it, I guess it all depends. Uh, I'm sure they'll expand it in some other landing zones. But even if it's those three, like we said before, there's a lot of real estate to cover. Yeah, and to see those cultural influences put into the game, Jay Lee would have a field day with that. Definitely. That would be cool just to see what those areas looked like and maybe have some parts that were uh, realistic, like like you mentioned, Griff, New York, new New York. Mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> new New York. So we're gonna move from there. Now we're gonna head over to Mars. And the nugget with this, uh, the little interesting fact was, this was the first venture of, of the UAE uh, terraforming a planet. This is the very first terraformed planet. This is going to be interesting. Um, and with things you do for the first time, uh, some things can go wrong. And and according to the lore, <laughs> this was marred by a terraforming tragedy, tragedy known as Mars tragedy. Actually, this 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 accident it killed. 4,876 people in 2125. And guess what? Unlike today, now Mars is habitable. Even though it's a desert planet type, it is habitable. It has an atmosphere now. So that's going to be interesting how that's going to be played out. Uh, that red hue, the red planet, people living there, people probably want to just go there because it's Mars. Mm. bad but yeah the first terraform forming accident and the first first time a planet was terraformed and now mars has atmosphere cool so let's jump to that next one uh griff that's going to be jupiter and this is definitely the large gas giant of the solar system can someone say fill her up <laughs> <laughs> fill her up yeah this is definitely going to be a fueling uh you know fueling spot to to refuel ships and such jupiter and also um it has what four moons five there's five moons of jupiter we have uh ganymed europa 
Io and Callisto, the moons of Jupiter. So that would be cool. I mean, as far as gameplay wise, how cool would it be to to live on one of those moons and you have a fuel, you have your own natural fuel fuel station right there. You know, grab your fuel in Jupiter and you're good. Yeah, but you but know what? Jupiter's a violent planet, though. You know what I mean? It ain't like you're just gonna. Right. <laughs> drop down there and gas up. I mean, right. it's mostly storms and stuff. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I agree. There'll probably be some aspect of doing it, but I bet it'll be pretty high right. risk to go down to Jupiter, man. I, I don't know. That's that's a scary place for me, man. See, you, you changed my perspective on it, but I was thinking more on the lines of uh, maybe your ship instruments will tell you you're you're just skimming above that storm and you're just getting a little bit of the fuel so you got to kind of drift and stay above it hey man so listen you feel... if you ever saw the movie if you ever saw the movie 2010 man or space odyssey i don't even want to mess around with nothing over by jupiter man that's a spooky place man <laughs> yeah that could that could uh yeah that could change your life <laughs> that could yeah. change it <laughs> bad way change it but yeah we, we're gonna see how cr handles that one and it's funny too there, there is some uh, resemblance of jupiter to crusader you know it is and even when you look at crusader you see an area where there's a storm on it the little eye yes. similar to jupiter so you can yeah. tell they definitely mirrored a little bit of that from the gas giant thing wow and, and when you mention that plant uh that that movie 2001, 2010, mm -hmm. definitely way ahead of his time. Yeah, and as says, and we're way behind when it comes to being where they were. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, Glade, yeah, I right. agree. I love those movies as well. They're, they're great films. Glade, yep. Spot on. So we're going to jump to that other gas giant. Maybe this one's a little more forgiving. Let's go to Saturn. See, I'm working my way in and, and working out towards the outer ring, so I'm, I'm going in order. Saturn is known as a gas giant. Along with, with Saturn, she's accompanied by five moons. Now, let, forgive me if I tear this pronunciation up, so <laughs> bear with me. Dione, or Dione, Lepetus, Tethys, Rhea, and Titan. And Titan, uh, the nugget with that is, it's the only moon with a dense atmosphere and is a great interest to scientists. Can I endeavor anyone to research it? <laughs> Get it? Endeavor yeah, we, we got it. We, we got it, Kimmy. We got it. Yeah, we got it. Oh, I, think, I think you missed the point, you know? <laughs> Yeah, see, that was worse than yours was, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, so I wonder why this is a great interest. And, and for someone to probably discover that or find some other uh, uh, scientific discoveries, I think it would be worth you know exploring it and finding out. Again, CR is putting things under our nose to explore. I, let me throw this so, at you. I have to wonder, yeah. though, because so much of the stuff started with Earth working its way out. I'm curious to see yeah. how developed these places will be. You know what I mean? Because obviously, I don't yes. know that Seoul is going to be a system that's 
explorable per se as much as it's already developed you know what i mean so yes. it'll be interesting to see what they run arrest yeah what what had they done with these the since this is where things kind of originated how you know all this stuff is developed working its way out like you said because some places like you said are going to be completely raw um but i am curious to see how um especially how much earth has even changed you know considering right. you know it'll be interesting to see exactly mm -hmm. And I think people would be there just out of respect of, hey, I'm from Earth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's more of a, like that kind of endearment. Yeah, like home. Yes, so we're starting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> good stuff. Yep, good stuff. <laughs> to what CS Digital Design said, nah. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready to be out someplace else. I can't say I blame him. <laughs> I'm out. I got the capabilities. I'm out. So that next planet, Uranus. Some people say Uranus, 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 Vase Voss, Tomato, Tomato, Uranus, Uranus. It's an ice giant. This is truly, truly the love letter to Hall. What's weird about Uranus is that, or Uranus, is that it has an unusual magnetic field, magnetic, magnetic field. Uh, it also has five moons. Uh, Titania, it stands out because it has enormous canyons. Man, racing anyone? Canyon racing? Definitely, I can see that in gameplay. Enormous canyons, wow. Um, Umbriel, it's, it's known as the very dark uh, moon. Then we have Oberon, Ariel, which Ariel also has canyons in it. Canyon racing, gotta have canyon racing. We need, we need aspect. That's a, that's a no-brainer right there. With people who have racing ships, and especially with the rework of the M50, yeah, we're gonna make that happen. CR, canyons, man, we need it. Racing. Mor Miranda, this is, this is cool, and, and it's gonna be interesting to see how they, how CR or and the team tackles this. Miranda is known for the tallest cliff in the system. So, do we get a prize for climbing it? Because <laughs> we got the little rock climbing cliff in uh, one of the um, in Microtech. So, climbing may be the thing. The tallest cliff in the system. That's going to be interesting. So, that's Uranus. So the next system we're going over to is Neptune. Again, another ice giant. Now, what's compelling? What's what stands out about Neptune? Neptune has the strongest winds in the solar system. Uh, atmospheres, atmospheric like any anyone. <laughs> See how skilled you are in flying in that atmosphere. To have some of the strongest winds in the system, that's gonna be nuts. Mm -hmm. But again, I, I see CR dangling the carrot and say, hey, with risk comes a reward. So expect that. I would expect that. It's it's too easy of a gameplay loop to to not have a dangling carrot there. Right, so I know you meant to say this was a, a ice giant, not a gas giant, right? Yes. Did I say gas giant? That's okay. We, they caught you. 
I mean, I they're staying sharp. They, they're staying sharp on this. <laughs> Your viewers are staying guys, sharp on it. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and they know their stuff, man. <laughs> Either that or they read it on the screen. Take your pick, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna head over to that last planet. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at this ice giant. We're gonna head to Pluto. That's the last one on that on the list in Seoul, and it's way out. There used to be a lot of uh, debate about whether Pluto was a planet or a moon. True. Like, make up your mind. Pluto, known as a dwarf planet, is basically ice and rock. And it was the first Kuiper or Cooper belt object discovered. Moon owed uh, Pluto. Terran uh, moon. Okay, moon owed Pluto. Hmm. This Karen or Karen discovered this uh, Pluto in 1978. Uh, he said it was found in 1978. Yeah. Hmm. He said it was discovered in 1978. Yeah. We got to figure out what that is because there's you, something you weird with that. Find me on that one. Well, I know it was before 78. I know that, but. Uh... I don't know. We'll have to find out what the what the real reality Because like you said, people did at one point. Hey, Black Intellect, thanks for following. Um, Black Intellect. There were people who... Um, there were people who okay. had their different feelings about whether it was or not. That sounds better, yeah. But there was haggling about whether it was a planet or an asteroid Ooh. back then, maybe. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's what they're referring to. But yeah, we'll have to dig that up. Yeah. And multiple times it was classified, unclassified as a binary dwarf planet. But the other compelling thing uh, with the Sol system, we have the jump point Croshaw. Yeah. Is is located in Sol. Yep. So yeah, Pluto was discovered February eighteenth, nineteen thirty. Hmm. Clear that up. But yeah, definitely nineteen thirty. Got it. Gigi says uh, February of 1930. There we go. Yay, Gigi. 07. Okay. And now, are we off finally to the last yes, system of the night? <laughs> yeah, the last system. We're, we're, we're this, man. I'm, I'm saving the best for last. Uh, as you all know, uh, what, last Citizen Con, uh, CR was you know, hey, here's the here's the carrot. And we all saw the carrot in her glory flying on her maiden voyage, busting out and just, you know, going to the atmosphere and the carrot decided, hey, I don't wanna just stay in this system. I wanna jump out of the system. And lo and behold, it jumped to where Riff? Where did it jump to? Hmm. 
Well, I don't know. I got I got lost when you said the carrot and the carrot. I couldn't figure out which one you were talking about, so I'm still stuck back there. But uh, I think I think I think not the flying carrot. Not the flying carrot. Okay, the flying carrot. Okay, I, I, for a second I got thrown off a little bit, but uh, no, it, that wasn't a gas giant. That was that. Oh, okay. The, okay. So I think we ended up coming. Yeah, I think we ended up coming here. We came to Pyro, right? Oh, seven Miss Hearts. <laughs> yeah, so Carrick, the Carrick jumped into Pyro for the very first time, and the crowd went wild. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, the Pyro system, according to the lore, is an unclaimed system with a red dwarf star. Um. Here's the weird thing about a red dwarf. It's an M-class main sequence red star. Uh, the thing about the red star, it produces very violent solar flares uh, along with X-ray and uh, ultraviolet, ultraviolet, ultraviolet radiation activity. That's some nasty stuff. So with sudden flares, of, uh, it also gives out sudden flares of brightness that create powerful flares 10,000 times more powerful than the solar flares of Earth. It's weird, but it, 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 sh it shines dim, though, in comparison. And it's a red star. Wow. Dangerous. Nasty. So I would imagine, going forward, do we need protection as far as uh, protection from radiation or something? If it's emitting that, is it already built into the suit, or, you know, I wonder how that's going to change the gameplay implications of this this type of star in its environment. Well, hopefully we won't have to get that close, so. Yes. Now that would be, that would be cool, where you're, if you're in close proximity, then you start having those effects of, you know, you feel your, uh, movie glass is telling you hey you're dying he's <laughs> like what's going on or you see the uh, the, the spikes of radiation uh communicated through the movie glass and your uh, armor and you start feeling the effects like you were drunk but that could be also played in as radiation uh thickness or poisoning and that's to say you're you're too close to that particular uh star now here's Here's some compelling gameplay elements that you could be used. So what if you have some shielding or specific <laughs> shielding that you can purchase with the hull and add it to the hull? And let's say, because Pyro is a very, uh, let's say, outside of UEE governance, that area is known for a lot of violence, piracy. So what if you happen to be attacked and you can kind of fly closer to that planet i mean that that star and maybe kind of evade problems because you you're protected from the radiation just something to think about and they will have to veer off because they're not protected i ain't flying near no stars next planet <laughs> near, near, <laughs> it. near it around it <laughs> uh -uh. Uh -uh. but it's, it's nasty though so let's go to uh, Pyro 1. Let's check out Pyro 1. And similar, Pyro 
Pyro 1 is similar to Mercury. It has a close orbit to the sun, of course, but literally Pyro is burned out. It's charred along with extreme heat. Um, and that's the jour of the day. <laughs> it is it's a black char of just hot mess. <laughs> it's just it's just burnt out, literally. So I wonder if there's um if this would produce uh, valuable minerals or not. So I would definitely try to uh, explore it and see what kind of valuables are there, what the makeup is going to be of pyro. Uh, for the fact that it's uh, extremely hot, I would imagine you have a timer as to how long you can be there. So, and then the fact that it's a lawless system, so you kind of want to do things stealthily in, in the pyro system. This one's not habitable either, right? No, in general, it's not. right? Okay. No way. No, it's too. It's way too close to the sun. Gotcha. And so the next system, uh, Pyro Two. Yeah, this is another sad story right here. Basically, <laughs> this planet. I'm going to put it out there right now. It's been strip mined. So mm. <laughs> whatever you can find there. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be, I think the use for this place is to to be a, a covering or hangout spot or a place to hide if you have a bounty on your head. Definitely, uh, because outside of that is nothing worth here. Um, you know, it's interesting. They talk about this being like kind of been hollowed out, right? Because of all the strip mining that's been done you have to wonder whether that yes. means there will be mines and caves um which might lend yes. itself to what you were saying earlier where criminal elements could find solace in some place to hide um it, that yes. might be why that's part of the background that those there are these caverns or whatever that you can go into i know they showed some i don't remember if it was early pictures or video where they showed um caverns that were big enough that a ship could fly into remember that yes. you know so yeah, i have to wonder the next thing. yeah if yeah. places like this might be something that facilitates that would be interesting to see and to know that once we are able to get a pyro that means that uh, we're able to get those caves that you're mentioning and that was the thing that todd pappy was talking about too that they had 115 cave types standing by but unfortunately they did. They weren't able to drop them in because they didn't have server-side object container streaming. Right. So yeah, I would I would love to see how that's going to be applied to these new systems. Even though they're not habitable, mm -hmm. they could they could provide some sort of maybe uh, just like with the generators, the uh, gravity generators, mm -hmm. they can make shift some tech in there and maybe provide uh, uh, atmosphere in there. Yeah. Enclosures. Or, or just the fact that the caverns are underneath the surface. You know, maybe the surface is what's yes. not habitable, but underground, like you said, yes. you can have some type of habitation that could be underground. So, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. And so this definitely lends to uh, the emergence of, of what what we're now beginning to see, how cool bounty hunting is, is becoming, especially with the Mandalorian series, that how it opened up and how it's really changing the narrative of, of the bounty hunting aspect of this game and so if you're if you're under duress or you're being hunted or you got a mark on your head you want to hide man. i mean you want to find places where you can go and say either i can pay off this bounty on my head because this is, I, I can pay them off maybe 
and get them off my back. But first and foremost, I need to stay alive. Yeah, I, I, I don't think too many people who get bounties are going to be worrying about getting it off their head, to be honest with you. I think they, if they get a bounty, they want it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I mean, you, you go do something bad, then go clear your name, go do something bad and clear your name. No, I think they're going to do something bad, and they're going to be happy that they have that on their name, and they're just going to be trying to stay alive. That That's going to be the thing I think it's going to be. Hence, like you said, why a place like this would work for them, you know, just like you said, you know. Yeah, and, and how you describe those uh, those areas, uh, those underground uh, grottos and such, like uh, – uh, where you did is is basically uh hubs shanty towns basically and that lends to a lot of of gameplay aspects as mission givers and getting your reputation established by uh communicating with other people of that 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 pirate or syndicate style culture mm -hmm. and get and getting yourself entrenched into that community or that culture so yeah it it, it lends itself to say that there's a life of piracy okay so okay so we were at pyro 2 come on let's go to three this is going to be interesting to me right here pyro 3 a lava planet mm. and basically i mean they're saying to the extent the lore team said seas of lava cross they crisscross and they're all along the planet's surface along with seismic activity earthquakes <laughs> can you imagine you walking on the edge and then the and and you there's an extreme earthquake and you go dunk right into who's, the lava. who's walking on the edge ouch well i mean you know you can be hand mining mm -mm, and mm -mm. who's walking on the edge mm -mm. Mm -mm. i'm just saying man <laughs> mm -mm. you gotta make a living mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> do you remember the name of this yeah, show you, we don't walk on edges hey, we don't walk hey, on edges <laughs> You got insurance premiums to pay, man. You got bills, ballistics costs, energy. Let me let me repeat costs. myself. Soul citizens don't walk on the edge. I'll leave it there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I think you know what I, I mean. That. Please clip that if that happens. <laughs> Put the sound in. Hot, 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 hot. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. A lava planet will be very interesting to introduce into the game because that's oh a, also another whole another element. And I've often yes. thought about. I know we've looked at what happened at uh, New Babbage, and we were talking about Microtech with the coal. But a couple episodes back, they were talking to us about these environmental suits. And what does it mean to make sure that you bring the right equipment with you when you go out? A lot of times, you know, I, I keep thinking about this when the food subject came up, that even though people yeah. saw the food stands, and that they didn't connect the fact that that was going to be a real part of the game. And I think the same thing when it comes to clothing. We, You know, we have yes. all these clothing racks and lockers, and people think that that's just decorative. But that's right. there because when you're on your ship, you're going to have to, there's only so much stuff on your personal inventory that you can keep on you. Otherwise, yes. you've got to put that environmental suit on your ship so that if you know you're going to a place like Pyro 3, that if you're going to go out, you've got the right equipment. You mentioned it earlier about radiation, whether you need a suit that handles mm -hmm. radiation or cold. So these are all elements. And I really wonder if this is going to get to a place where for some players, it's too much. You know, there's some people who are going to get into that, all that level of detail yes. and having to pre-plan and think. And then I wonder if there's going to be some other players that are going to be like, 
I don't want to do all that stuff. I don't want to have to worry about making sure I got the right uniform or, you know, if they land somewhere, they can't get out the ship because three people brought the right suit and one or two people didn't. You know, I'm really curious yeah. to see how that's going to unfold over time. Or they can just hang out with me and wait for a more uh, spacious uh, half. <laughs> I mean, you got choices, right? Yeah, this <laughs> is true. Talk about what you did the other day. This is true. This Share is some true. more stories. Yeah, this is true. You won't die from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just stay on the ship. You know, that's the thing about it. Yeah, if you don't have what you yeah. need, you stay on the ship. Yeah. Well, some of us are going to hire NPCs to do the grunt work, too. <laughs> yeah, you're a big NPC guy. You know, I'm never on that whole NPC thing, <laughs> man. I don't know. I, I don't get me wrong. I mean, the universe is nine nine to one NPCs already. I ain't trying to put more NPCs on my ship, but I get it. I, in some cases, I will probably hire NPCs. I will grant you that. I will. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have them benefit me, too. I mean, not to be a protagonist all the time, every time I'm dealing with them, whether they're they're a creature or or nine tails or or are they rude at, rude to me about something hey you need to take a shower you smell like what <laughs> i'm not gonna serve you hey man i'm gonna get fed up i'm gonna put them to work you're gonna be the point on my squad <laughs> get out there <laughs> go to work <laughs> yeah yeah pain in my butt i'm not beating them on the ship i'm like what, what do you what do you want <laughs> yeah man but yeah, this is this is gonna be really uh, it's gonna be a visual uh, treat to see this, you know, in action, uh, the lava and stuff. Uh, but they the reason of this, the lore team, they definitely believe that a planet-sized object collided with Pyro Three that caused the existing damage and violent activity. So that's the reason why we have that planet the way it is. That's their belief that it was a hit, hit by a planet-sized uh, mm -hmm. object. So yeah, that's gonna be that's, that's gonna be some funny and interesting gameplay with Pyro. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so let's let's head on head on to Pyro Four here. Man, you're talking about bad happening over and over. You're talking about lightning striking, striking twice. Check this out. Pyro 4. Again, according to the lore team, Pyro 4 was once in a nor normal orbit within Pyro. Until again, a planet-sized object collided into and knocked it into a slow settling orbit into Pyro 5. Mm-hmm wow so what could the implications be with that so uh pool anybody <laughs> cosmic pool <laughs> so it's going to be interesting how uh that affects that planet and what cr has in play as far as what the planet's going to look like how it's going to react to that violent uh reaction of what what transpired with this planet mm -hmm. But it's definitely on to, on to uh, it's, it's going into a slow settling orbit of Pyro 5. So we can move, move on to Pyro 5. And again, a gas giant. And what's weird is that it's without a pure hydrogen atmosphere. And this is not, again, not suitable for refueling. So what's the purpose here? So what is it? <laughs> 
what can it do? I mean... Yeah, I mean, the thing for this one is actually the moons for it, I think, which is what's good about this one. Because the planet itself, yes. like you said, is uninhabitable. There's nothing you can do with it. But the moons that surround it, that's the, that's the gold when it comes to Pyro 5. Yes. And uh, there are, what, one, two, three, four, five, six moons? Wow. Six moons along Pyro 5. Uh, Batra, Burr, Rior, yes, Rior, Ignis, Pyro, and Fuego. So that's going to be interesting. I think that's that's going to be a haven for pirates, even though it's not habitable. Um, but then they're also reasonably hot because of the reach of the Red Dwarf solar flares. So that's going to be a hot area. So there's going to be a lot of violent people, angry people in that region. <laughs> <laughs> Short-tempered. And it also but talked I about, I was going to say, it also talked about, you mentioned this earlier, how Pyro 4, it says, is slowly being pulled into the orbit of Pyro 5. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that because of their proximity. Yes. There's going to be something going on with uh, how that re that cosmic activity, that soup pot starts to react with these mm -hmm. planets closing in on each other and what kind of effects or chemicals it's going to give off or what type of atmosphere as well. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Okay, the last one, folks. Pyro 6. A small planet on the outskirts of the system. It it houses the ruin station. And this is this is most interesting element of Pyro 6 because this is basically what, what we mentioned about terror. This is the pirates' terror. This is their version. This is the Mecca. This is the, the, the main hub for all piracy in the Pyro system. So if you're looking for some action or you want to build your rep or you need to talk to somebody or know somebody or who knows somebody who might know somebody to do something, it's going to be there. It's going to be at the ruin station. But the weird thing about uh, the ruin station, it's under constant contention. Constant. And, and it's all based on who is the true pirate king. Mm. Who's the head honcho? Who's the boss? Who's the big boss? Who's the syndicate boss? This place is contention. Who, whoever runs it, they're the, they're the top of their game as far as piracy is concerned. So gameplay implications right here. I see that this is driven by NPCs because they're saying that for the fact that uh, the lore team is it's under constant contention do you have the resources and manpower to hold it down or at least put at least hold it down for a moment to say that you made a mark but definitely i see this as npc's territory what do you what do you what do you got as far as that griff as far as that and do you think i think it's going to be definitely NPCs, I think it will be obviously something that can be structured where there's a constant turmoil going on between them. It'll be interesting to see what mission givers give you here. Um, you know, whether or not there are different heads, like you would say, almost heads of families or pirate groups, and you're taking on jobs from them, possibly striking out at other ones. Uh, you know, who knows? There's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of opportunity and possibility that could happen here. Yeah. But if you want to throw the, 
a human element into this and going forward to say that there's this pirate or this syndicate uh, backer base mm -hmm. who have their stuff so together mm -hmm. that they come in and hold it down for a while and have everything organized mm -hmm. you know they will make a serious name for themselves kind of like on the, on the level of where it opens that gameplay of what they talked about exploration right. or explorers getting a name for themselves this is the pirates getting a name for themselves yeah the biggest baddest mofo around in that town <laughs> it'd be interesting so enough <laughs> definitely you're right it'd be very interesting but you have to keep it up so it's going to be you know king of the hill it's basically playing king of the hill right but um according also according to the lore team there's a couple of gangs who are the main combatants between who rule so again if you can knock them out and hold it down wow you made an awesome name for yourself um there within uh that that area there exists a quite a really nice stable bar it's called ikr and on occasion you will get that classic classic movie bar fight scene there so what was once a terraforming platform it was created by the golden horizon they built this platform around a planet that is not uh terraformable uh can you say drake is shady mm. so basically they what's weird about this is that they created a, a terra uh terraforming platform but had no intentions to terraform mm. can you say launder <laughs> money launder <laughs> it's it's, it's drakeish okay <laughs> it's, it's very drakeish in its way it's shady so they were just funneling money, you know, even though it looked like it was a legit establishment, but right. they had no intention to terraform. Okay. But this, this, this area of this platform, it definitely provides a great social hub for mission givers between pirates, outlaws, and smugglers. And, but, but you got to keep in mind, uh, conflicts can and will happen in Hyrule a lot. Good point. Man. All right. Should we take us back home, all the way back to Stanton real quick? <laughs> Let's go back to Stanton. Ready? We'll do it. <laughs> there we go. So, wow. Yep, so... Awesome. Well, Kimmy, dude, that was great, man. It was a great guided tour through five, <laughs> five systems, which was pretty good, and... Uh, You've already kind of alluded, well, you mentioned the fact that we saw a glimpse of Pyro. If I were to ask you now, if there was another system that you would say that CIG would move us into, which one do you think it would be? Wow. Oh Out of gosh. those ones you listed, what do you think would be the next one? Be after Pyro, of course, yes. right? Mm -hmm. I would say it would have to be Nyx for the fact that, um, as I said before, not here's why not we're going to see Terra because Terra is a melting pot for all for multiple cultures right. such as human and alien so Tavaran, Shion, Banu they're going to be there right and if you don't see them uh it's not according to what lore is all about right so that scratches Terra yeah okay so and I would say because go ahead and you don't think soul because that would be a whole nine planets and bigger system is it more because also because Nyx is a little easier to build out, probably? Well, I think they they were doing things with, with a reason. I think they have I think they've established that nuggets that they drop 
mm -hmm. breadcrumbs that they drop is for a reason and for the fact that nyx was there and it's already fleshed out right and they're gonna move it right. where they're gonna you're not you don't just take a, a, a area and then move it out and do nothing with right it. so you got delamar and then you also referenced odin earlier too so i mean that would well, yeah you did reference it but obviously delamar we know they're going to pull that out of stanton right yes and so that would be easier to build out probably it's going back out to of any of them right belongs. okay yeah okay very cool well, so for me, it would be Nyx. All right. Nyx. Colossal says, my bet is Stanton, Pyro, Nyx, and then possibly Terra. That would be very interesting. So Squadron 42. Looks like Colossal's <laughs> backing you up there. Yeah, so it looks like he's saying Nyx is too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, CSD says, I mean, the main landing areas. Oh, Nyx and Delamar. Yep, very good. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, folks, we are wrapping up the show. We appreciate you guys, you guys. hanging out with us yeah, tonight. Thanks for, thanks for stopping in. Yeah, a lot of information. Kudos to Kimmy for doing all the research and hard work and pulling this together. All I had to do was click on buttons for him. He did, <laughs> he did an awesome job of no, pulling all this together this tonight. Nah, he, he pulled it together. And we really appreciate you guys. If you haven't followed us, follow us here on Twitch and also follow us on our Twitter at Soul Citizens as well. Uh, we're going to look forward to seeing you guys next Sunday, which is going to be the first Sunday in, was it April? First Sunday in April? Yeah, April, it's right? April, April 4th, I think. And hey, Colossal, thanks for following. Um, thanks for follow. You guys don't want to miss next week because we are planning on... <laughs> planning on update 3.9 uh, hoping that it will be uh -oh. out by next Sunday um, give, 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 give. I know I know Hazano thanks for following we are hoping that next week we will be with update 3.9 at least to concierge and subscribers uh, know, if, it, right? if it reaches there we can talk about it if it doesn't reach there then we can't talk about it just yet and we'll talk about something else but my, our gut feeling is that by next week CIG will have released at least the concierge and subscribers if not they will be really really having to answer to the community because they have reached into their fourth month which they've got to do it before that comes up so let's hope that we do see it next week um yes. in the meantime from all the folks at soul citizens we appreciate you guys we are going to see who we can uh who can we raid tonight is there anybody out there oh we can gosh. raid uh let's guys, stay, see stay safe out there okay yes please stay safe out there and uh yeah we we're, we're gonna bounce some folks out tonight we're gonna send them over to tessa d i think tessa's your friend right isn't tessa your friend uh, kimmy Tessa D? Tessa D? Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, she's Texas. All right, yeah, why don't we go Tessa ahead and D is a Texas guy. we'll send it over to Tessa D. You guys throw some love over at Tessa sweet, D tonight. She's very sweet. And we will catch you guys a little later, okay? Peace. We'll see you Thanks next week. Thanks for stopping in.